And what's happening, world? What's going on? Yo, this is Conversations of the Heart with Brad Cole and Zach Klein. And it is February 21st. Mm. Mm. We got Valentine's Day behind us now, right? Yes, we uh, do. Okay, so now we got that all behind us. We ain't got to like talk about it no more. What's up next, St. Patty? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just we're green, gonna go. green pool of beer. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> or the river. We're going to be going Whatever. from red to green, just like that. Uh, but green means go, people, by the way. It, green always means go. I mean, it don't even matter like where you're at in life. If you see green, you just think, yeah, I should probably go. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to Conversations of the Heart, everyone. Uh, this is a podcast that is designed to turn you inward and to kind of get a glance at some of the conversations or some of the, the narratives, the words, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, all of these things that are going on inside of our heart. Some of us don't know what they're what they are, um, where they came from, and what to do with them. And so this podcast is designed for you to kind of get some uh, understanding, if you will, of some of the things that are going on underneath. Because we here at Conversations of the Heart believe that a lot of these things that are happening below the surface, below the surface of like our gender, our sexuality, our religious preferences, all of that, there's things going on inside that are driving us outwardly. And that are either setting us up to win in life, to grow in life, or they are setting us up to fail and to just to be kind of eaten alive from the inside out, for lack of better words. But those words are graphic, but it's very true. I mean, a lot of people start to uh, cave in. You know what I mean? A lot of things going on around them, kind of like how we heard this past Sunday. Uh, sometimes uh, people don't realize that the storm on the outside is kind of the least of the worries. It's the storm getting inside of you is what you should be concerned about, mm -hmm. uh, where you're spending so much time, if you will, uh, being invested into how big the storms are around you, how big the struggles are, or how many injustices and things going on around you. And then we even start to blame a lot of those things as being the reason to why we're experiencing what we're experiencing, this unhappiness, this unrest, this lack of peace, when in reality, the way that God's designed us, um, the relationship that he's made available to us, we can actually have such a peace and such a, a security from him that no matter what's going on all around us, uh, we are still, as the song says, it is well with my soul. There's like a place of being content. Even when, I was talking about this actually on, a, on social media this week, someone that was uh, talking about you know being comfortable and not to get comfortable. And I was like, yeah, it's very important, it's very true. But I think some people kind of confuse comfort with content. You know what I mean? Like, comfortable is something that if you settle way too far into it, it will cause you to be, you know, without some things, you'll miss some opportunities. But if, you know, content is when, even when the floor gives out, you're still good. Mm and you can actually keep moving forward. You actually find the steps and you find a way to move forward because you're composed. You know what I mean? You're not, your peace is not dictated, is not being, um, is not hinged on how good things are around you, but it's hinging on how good you have it going on inwardly, especially in this case of what we've been talking about in this series with God, because he provides a peace that this world just cannot give. The peace that the world gives has so many strings attached, right? I mean, if you do this, then you get this. <laughs> if you do that, then you'll receive this. 
or you can have this for a small fee. <laughs> you know, what I mean, there's all these different, you know, strings and everything attached to the things that we can get on this side of heaven. But the free gifts that God gives uh, truly serve their purpose and they truly satisfy and bring a fulfillment that not only meets the need, but it empowers you to move through the storms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's just a really beautiful thing. But in this current series, you know, we've been talking about three major um, concepts. One, what are you believing? Two, how are you responding? Because that is connected to what you're believing. What you believe shapes your response. And then basically, in, 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 in the third one is being time. You know, how are you investing your time? Like, where's your time going? And we talked about this before uh, the podcast. We're not specifically talking about time management, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of, we just talked about, there's a lot of self-help books out there. If you want to go learn about that, you know, time management and you, you know, uh, time management for dummies. Like, I mean, there's all different kinds of <laughs> books out there that I'm sure you could find about how to structure your day to get the most out of your day. And I'm a firm, belie- firm believer of that. I agree. I think that's very uh, important. But for this podcast and for this um, context of what we're talking about with the heart, there's a lot of things going on, right, man? Like just deep down in there that pull in our attention. Like have you ever had like moments in your day where all of a sudden you realized, man, how long have I been thinking about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what you're thinking – What? What occupies your time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mentally, yeah. That goes hand in hand with anxiety, believe it or not. Yes. <laughs> been anxious about something. Well, you've been thinking about it. And the more you think about it, the more anxious you get. So the trick is, side tangent, mm-hmm. to think about something completely different than the thing that's making you anxious. Anyways, yeah, I do find that a lot. Uh, so you're saying... Occupy my time. So you're saying redirecting your... Redirecting focus, your thought pattern, cognitive behavioral therapy, the works. Um, It's it's powerful. Yeah, what your brain, what you think about the most, you know, um, can become reality, even if it's not, and and vice versa. So, um, so what you're saying then, if I may chip in on that, is would you be saying that we? Because a lot of people glorify the mind a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the mind's not important. It's very important. I don't know anybody who would say otherwise. But, you know, the mind is very important. It's a very powerful tool. Yeah. My question or even kind of like a problem that I've kind of been seeing, um, but I'll just say it as a question. Do you think that a lot of people live more in their head than they do in reality? Yes, I do. De- now, it can, that can be a lot of different things too, right? Yes, like, absolutely. But, but in general, mm-hmm. believe it or just, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, give me, give me some examples sure. that are coming when you when you bring that up. What's coming into your mind? Okay, like for example, like as you mentioned earlier about you know the more you think about something, you build anxiety. There's also the case that, and studies show this that you know when when you're setting in something. And the more that you're thinking about all these possibilities, uh, you're basically fantasizing. Okay. And this is a reason why porn, for an example, is one that really screws up a lot of our thinking and understanding of what's practical and what's real within relationships, like what's actually healthy within relationships, because Mm -hmm. we can live so much 
in our minds of this place of fantasy that is so free. I mean, it's like we're living in a dream. Mm-hmm. And you can be wide awake. You don't have to dream. You don't have to even, it's kind of what they call like a daydream. Like you're living in this place of fantasizing about the things in your life instead of actually living them. Or you're fantasizing about things in your life and you are living them. Like your heart is so connected to what you're fantasizing about that it feels real. Whilst would your body, <laughs> without going into details, respond the way that it does? when you're exposed to porn or anything else that's fantastical. For some people, it's you know it can be just thinking about the car and how it, how it sounds, and then you start embodying how it sounds. Like our senses are powerful. Our heart is, as we, as we talked about in this podcast, our heart is so sensitive and so powerful. Like it's just like a, a force of itself that is like, it's like a vacuum from the outer space that just sucks things in. It absorbs so much, but it also tries to put out so much. And so when we're in these places of deep thought on certain things and all this time is going into this fantasy, man, it starts to, it starts to feel real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like what I'm saying. And then we'll, we'll use like the, the porn aspect as, a, um, as an example, you know, that fantastical place in your brain where you live in and what I believe can become so unhealthy that when you step into reality... That's the reason why you have so much unrest and so much lack of peace and so much frustration is because you can't get reality to look like the fantasy. Mm. Ooh, that's strong stuff. I like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, It's basically what I'm gathering from what you're saying is it's wise to pay attention to what thoughts or what attitudes what ideas, what fantasies you think about constantly in your head mm-hmm. because it can shape in a negative way when you get into reality or actually start experiencing the things in your own life that yes. you were thinking about. Yes. I think that's, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's a powerful, um, Pastor Rick Warren talks a lot about managing your thoughts. Right. Um, yeah, just wanted to add that in there, but I, I totally agree with all that, man. It's well, powerful. Well, probably in the sense of him saying managing your thoughts. I like that um, because scripturally, you know, there's, uh, I think it's in... Bring it. Second, let's see. I think it's in Second Corinthians, if I remember correctly, uh, 10.5. It basically says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And for context of this particular uh, topic at hand, Mm -hmm. um, you know, God has graced us through this relationship with him. And we learn uh, that he is a God of self-control. God's not, God, we always say, God's in control, God's in control, God's sovereign. True. But God did give us free will. And what God, uh, I believe, hopes for us is that we would be able to come to him about everything and allow him to speak into every area of our lives about what we are thinking about. So when I was in California, uh, I had this stint of time in my life when I was in the Hollywood scene and in my career like God grabbed a hold of me in one time and said to me, literally in my heart, 
He's like, I'm wanting to fine-tooth comb your thought life. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I mean, I thought we were good. You know what I mean? I'm not doing some bad things over here, but you're talking about a fine-tooth comb? Now, look, I got African-American hair. Fine-tooth comb scared, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, you run a fine-tooth comb in there, you're about to lose some teeth. You know what I'm saying? And more ways than one. But, um, but in all seriousness, like... <laughs> God wanted to go through my thought life because that's where I was living. There was so much that we we live in our thoughts, we live in our heart. If we're honest, you know, we do well, we do and show a lot externally, but we live from our heart. You know what I'm saying? We, everyone says follow your heart. Like we have a relationship with our heart, and for a lot of us, it's a stranger. We don't know our heart if we're honest, or we do know honest things in our heart but we cover it because we don't want nobody else to know. Yeah, We don't want anybody else to know where our time goes when we're alone. You know, what we're really thinking about. Brother, I have thoughts and things in me that I would probably never record and, and share anywhere but because they were just dark thoughts. Yeah, And I'm like, I need to actually tell somebody, uh, especially God, and I need to find the root of these things, and I need to get in there and ask God to, one, forgive me, but two, can you heal me? Can you tell me what's true about these things? Because this thing down in my heart is running amok. It's telling me all kinds of stuff. I'm, I'm building all these assumptions. I'm seeing full-length pictures, videos of interactions with people, and I haven't even interacted with them. It hasn't happened, but it's in my head, and my heart race has changed. My heartbeat is changing. You know, I'm starting to sweat. I'm feeling all these things on the inside. I'm here. I'm seeing this image, even this fantasy, of what this person's doing to me and what they're thinking about me right now and what their judgments are of me because I know how they are. I'm embodying all this stuff in a fantasy. So then, when I step out from it, I attack that person or I say the wrong things or whatever it may be. It all started in this quiet place, in this fantasy world inside. And what I'm trying to say is that our mind is the camera in the movie theater that's projecting what's in the heart. Mm. And that's why it's so important. You know, again, we'll circle back here for a quick second. Um, you know, with the with the the illustration of porn. You know, porn. It's so much deeper than just naked people doing sexual things. It's the fact that it raises such a level of desensitivity of what's real and what's true and pure and beautiful within relationships. It takes that and says, let's push all of that to the side and let's just get to the pleasure part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's just get to this yeah. simulated you know, sex, this fantastical you know, uh, process you know, that they literally script and work hard on trying to create the most erotic experience ever. Um, you know, it's all, I mean, I, I've actually been on a set where a porno was being taped and I actually met, didn't meet her, but I saw her, um, the woman who was in it, and my heart immediately broke because I had never seen a woman in my life so broken. Like she literally just seemed like some type of, like vehicle that had been literally just run into the ground. And it was just troubling to my spirit, you know, to see such a thing. And, uh, 
and I'll never forget it. I mean, I just felt like that was, I mean, I, I, you know, I, can't, I won't even name the name of it because it might be a popular movie. I don't know. <laughs> I accidentally like stumbled on a set because we were on two different floors of this uh, filming that we were working yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point I'm getting at is that it's a it's the fantastical effect. You know what I mean? It literally instills images in you and it arouses parts of your heart that makes you even more hungry. And it, it basically feeds into your inability um, to have self-control. It just keeps feeding it. It keeps strengthening it to where you're like, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. I'll take a few more chances. I'll take a few more chances. But almost anybody, like some of the people who've created the most ungodly crimes, <laughs> uh, they were premeditated. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things going on in our heart that uh, with this with this segment that we're talking about here about time. There's a lot of things going on in our heart that we invest a lot of time in. Uh, we literally just sit in it and just keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it, and our heart just keeps pumping it and pumping it. And as we keep thinking about it, eventually responses come about, actions come about. You know, all these things start taking shape, and. What we find, right, is like, you know, for example, we were talking about uh, before the podcast um, with the, the Jesse uh, Smollett situation. Man, where did his time go? Like, yeah, when the incident happened and he got beat up, the whole social media world, black, white, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, this is terrible. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I heard about how it happened, none of the details made sense to me. I was like, man, this thing sure does seem scripted. And I wasn't trying to be insensitive, but it was just something in my spirit, you know, of just, you know, discernment. I was like, something doesn't seem quite right about this whole situation. And of course, as we see where we are now in the news, it was like a hoax. It was something that he made up. But day one, when an incident happened, I went to this gentleman's page. I do not know him. But when I looked at his page, I saw, I heard the people who care about him talk about all his good. They talked about all the things that he uh, brought to them in their whatever level of depth relationships to him and how we need to get around him and we need to surround him and we need to get behind this guy. These are things that I heard from people like Steve Harvey, people, I mean, just all kinds of celebrities were saying these things because they genuinely cared, you know, but the depth of their relationship to him, I would put a question mark on. Because I, I don't know, and I don't know if they even know. Maybe they do. But the point I'm getting at is when you scroll through his Instagram, as an example, you can see the, 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 the unrest, the angst, and I would even say flirtatious with maybe some hatred that he had about Trump and a lot of other different issues, that he was very you know um, off-color and just very blunt and such about. These things were pumping from his heart. So... Man, how much time did he spend in premeditating this whole act of uh, not so much or even just hate, but an act of evil, an act of, as of, of a lie? Mm-hmm. And, and did he take in consideration all of these people that were going to come around him and support him and, 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 and show out love toward him that he would hurt those people if it was ever found out? But we fantasize things in our heart and in our mind that we believe to be true. And we also believe them to be untouchable. Mm. Like, I'm not going to get found out if I do this this way. <laughs> and he bit into the lie. He bit into the apple of temptation that you can do this to, 
to assist your agenda and you won't get caught. Mm. Have there been any interviews with him or responses from him since this whole unraveling? Uh, Initially, there was some. And he was actually, again, like boasting and bragging about how he handled the situation, how he did fight back. Uh, In one of the instances, he called himself the gay Tupac. You know what I mean? To show that, to say that he was this tough guy and he was thuggish. I mean, there was so much stuff that it broke my heart to hear because I'm listening to this guy and everyone else is rallying around him, but I'm listening to his heart. And I'm like, dude, you know, I I felt like such a, honestly, I felt like my heart, I literally went into my bedroom, well, our our prayer room is where we have another uh, bedroom upstairs. And I just sat in the dark and I just prayed for this guy. My heart was broken for him because I felt that this this something was not right about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. There there was a fakeness to it. I didn't I couldn't say and prove it. It was the whole thing was fake. I didn't know, but there was something that did seem not legit. But I wasn't going to go on social media about it <laughs> and just be like, "Hey guys, uh, I don't think this is legit." Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I felt to pray for this guy because whatever he's dealing with on the inside, uh, I I would like to see him healed. I would like to see those narratives that he's believing rewritten because look what it brought him. Mm. It's amazing. It is just, I just, mm. something really must have had to be going on inside his heart and his yeah, <coughs> his mind to spend that much time. Well, as we said in the last podcast, uh, you know, <coughs> you know, honesty is a really hard thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, to live a lie is another thing. So I think maybe at the end of the day, <clears throat> he'll actually be thankful that this happened. Because I don't know, I don't think he understood how toxic that fruit of a lie would have been to live with. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't live with a lie and it not touch your life and corrupt things or ruin or affect things. I mean, we can sit here all day and talk about people like Tiger Woods you know, so forth. I mean, his what he was hiding in the closet came out. And when it came out, what in the world did all of his relationships or encounters, whatever you want to call them, what did that have to do with his golf swing? Mm. Absolutely nothing. But when his heart was revealed before him and the whole world, everything went with it. So I'm not a conspiracy theory here. I'm just saying what you sow is what you reap. Yeah. And when you are sowing your time and yourself into these fantasies, into these things that are not life-giving, these things that honestly your heart is lying to you about, it's robbing you. It's not giving you anything long-term. It's not giving you anything eternal. Some of these uh, these lies and these these lust and all these different uh, negative narratives, if I could call them, you know, that are going on in our heart. Man, if we if we live those things out, if we embrace those things, we invest time in those spaces. I mean, the fruit is so toxic. Yeah. It, it takes away from your life. It literally steals and kills and destroys your life. Thankfully, his, his life has kind of turned around a little bit better, and his golf swing is almost back to normal, it sounds like. Um, but the point I'm getting at is if we keep trying to suppress these things in our heart, and some people do, this, this time thing of what I'm talking about, Sometimes we we put so much time in imagination. We imagine our lives looking and being a certain way. And so we live in that space in our heads, 
But if we're honest and we know, our day-to-day doesn't look anything like it. Of what we have in our mind, what we're, what we're set in our mind to go and do, it doesn't always quite line up, right? It doesn't quite look like it. So then, what does that leave us? Pissed. We're frustrated because our day is not going the way that I imagined. Mm. That's what we hear all the time, right? Yeah, it was just, you know, like my relationship, you know, with my wife back in the early days, you know, I remember the moments clearly, the times when she'd be like, yeah, it was great and all, but it just, you know, it just wasn't exactly how I imagined it. And I'm like, yeah, well, sweetheart, this this is not Disney. This is yeah. real life. Yeah. We could have got the top shelf, but the top shelf is, you know, a little expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'm just using it as a bad example, but the point <clears throat> I'm getting at is that there's, you know, life doesn't quite, you know, submit to us as if like we really are the captain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. even the people who have tons of money, if they're honest, they can't buy everything to look the way they want, mm-hmm. to go the way they want. You know what I mean? It's just not it's not always going to happen. Yeah. Um, there's people who literally invest so much time in today in their, in their imagination of what tomorrow's going to be like, and they feel anxiety and stress because of what's going to come. And they spend so much time thinking about the negatives of how difficult it is of tomorrow and what could be waiting and all this other stuff. They spend so much time into that, and tomorrow's not even promised. So it's like, why do you want to put so much time in you know, daydreaming and fantasizing about all these difficulties and how hard things are going to be and all this other stuff, God has asked us to live very present. Well, we can make plans, but he's going to order our steps. He, he can guide our feet to where it's going to be the most life-giving, eternal fruit, not something that's going to be temporary and gone tomorrow. Like he, he wants to build us, and he knows how to build us from the inside out, but he wants to heal us especially. Yeah. Because as long as we keep suppressing what's in our heart and we keep fantasizing like, oh, yeah, I'm good. If things are good. You know, I'm, I'm all right. Whatever. You know, all these things in our heart that we're not wanting to talk to anybody about. You know, I got that buried deep. I think I locked a door on it. And what I'm saying today is we underestimate the heart. There is no human key or lock that can keep that thing hidden. It's going to manifest. The truth will come out. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like the telltale heart. You're going to keep hearing that knocking in your heart, and it's going to drive you crazy. That's why some people go crazy, because they haven't been open and clear and honest about what they had going on all this time in their heart. It starts off with stress. It starts off with anxiety. And then months to years later, you're dealing with mental health issues, all because there is these narratives and these places of brokenness, of fear, and things that happened to you when you were young, and the way that this person responded, or the way that this job treated you, or the way that that relationship went that, that damaged you. I just bottled it all up. I just pushed it all the way down. I got it under control by putting it away. So now I don't got to worry about it. But every so often, <laughs> I find myself spending all this time thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know, when no one else is around. It's almost like living a double life. It's like who you're living like in your head when no one else is around or even when you're around people. uh, Who you're living um, like in your head and in your heart is completely different from the person everybody sees. Are you talking about like past things like guilt and shame type or are you just talking about things that um, you haven't dealt with yet or don't – you know, kind of elaborate a little bit on on what you mean when you – it's honestly all the above. Okay. Because this is not this is strictly not about bad things. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good things. 
Uh, there's good things as far as, like I mentioned, like fantasizing about, you know, what today's going to look like and how it's going to go. But then what I was saying earlier, we become so <laughs> pissed off and full of unrest and angst and stress because it's not looking the way that I imagined it. And th those are good, it's good, you know, good goals, good thoughts. But to, to hold everything like it's delicate, not to grab everything so tightly and strive and try to make it to look the way that you're imagining it. Like, I mean, it's just that reality that it may not come together the way that you think. It just may not. And some people are just devastated. And I'm just saying that, like, you know, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's definitely okay to dream. You want to dream. But to be aware that some things are going to, there's going to be hiccups along the way. There's going to be things that are just not going to go the way that you thought. I know countless people, and there's history books of countless people, that their lives did not turn out the way they planned. But they are uber successful. I'm sure, you know, Bill Gates and um, Jobs probably wanted to finish college. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. They went in a completely different direction. Um, so it's not just bad things and things that we haven't dealt with. It's also things that are seemingly, you know, like I would say, good. You mm -hmm. know, good. You know, just like even like if we're like going out on a date, this is the way I want it to go tonight. Yeah. You yeah. know, or I'm with this girl and this is how I always imagined the girl that I would find to be with for the rest of my life. This is how I imagine it to go next. This is how I imagine marriage to go. I'm getting sex four times a day. I'm going to be going on all of these trips. We're going to be in Fiji, sipping on some like coconut water and coconut milk and a little bit of Kahlua. I don't know. <laughs> but we have all these imaginations and it's fun. It's, I think that's okay. To live in it is a whole nother thing. Mm to spend so much time in it that you lose touch with reality of who's around you and what they need. Um, what, what, what do you need to do inwardly, you know, to better yourself, to be able to be a better blessing to those around you? Like there's so many different other things that we can also be putting our time into. And most importantly, what I'm getting to is that it's important to have somebody to talk to about these things that are going on when no one else is around. Mm -hmm. The things that you really honestly think about because the answers we give everyone are typically safe answers. They're typically answers that we give for the person, not for yourself. We just want the person to know this information, not the other thoughts that I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Dudes do this all the time when it comes to like meeting girls and hanging out and whatever. They say all the right things, but they're thinking some pretty jacked up stuff at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can literally be fantasizing about things <laughs> while the person standing right there with you because you fed it. You've invested so much time in it. So now, even when you're with real people, you're thinking toxic things mm -hmm. because you spent so much time in it. Like, it's the reason why people like used to say in the Christian church, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. You know what I mean? And everyone's like, yeah, these Bible thumpers, you know, and always trying to say, read your Bible, read your Bible. The reason being is that you want to frame your mindset. You want to frame your heart to be as close to how God sees the world and how God wants us to interact with one another, it's really not a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. read the scripture and you meditate on it night and day, you know what I mean? You're getting something in you to literally help shape the way you're looking at life and the world around you. So you're investing time into something that's life-giving versus investing time fantasizing about all kinds of other things that are like in an end tomorrow. They're not in your moment right now. So let's say someone's dealing with this issue mm -hmm. in their own life. Mm -hmm. What would be the, I know you just mentioned talk to someone about things that you keep revisiting or are taking up a lot of your 
mental time and thoughts, but are there any other things that you've done in your own life or you could recommend to just kind of be a practical step out of this hole or this situation? Yeah, I mean, definitely, as, as you just mentioned, and as I mentioned, you know, telling someone is important uh, community uh, of those that you can trust yeah. to, to be able to share these things with. This is the part that sucks because a lot of people are scared. Ooh, it's hard to be vulnerable. It is. And, and there's a lot of people who hate that word vulnerable. You know what I mean? I got a person in my head right now that I know. Go ahead. <laughs> and he, he, he already knows too because uh, if he listens to this podcast. But, um, but yeah, a lot of people don't like the word vulnerable because it's not very masculine. It sounds weak. Yeah. And nobody wants to be vulnerable. Okay, it's let's scary. change it. It's scary. Honest. Let's just be honest then. Can we be, who can we be honest with? Like, hey, I'm thinking these things. Mm. Because people are afraid of the guilt and shame. They're afraid if I tell somebody, they're going to think less of me. You know, if I tell them they're going to attack me or they're going to separate from me, I don't want to lose them, all this other stuff. Um, to me, that's just not healthy. That's not even a good friend. That's not a good relationship then. Um, or it's just a friend in a relationship that is not the one you need to invest this time into. Mm -hmm. They're just not where you need them to be. But you need to find those people. And then secondly, as I mentioned before about the emotions and thoughts that we can have, um, I treated it for myself as a rope. You know, if I'm still holding on to these thoughts and emotions and I'm still in that place, it, it's honestly important in my opinion to just let go to let go of it to get out of it you know what i mean because the longer you sit in it it's like that rope wraps its way around your wrist yeah and now you're entangled into these thoughts and this and the emotions that it's stirring and that's why scripturally it talks about you know capturing these thoughts you know literally bringing your place to a still and that's why people preach meditation these days now because they're realizing i'm spending too much time in my negative I need to quiet my heart and quiet my mind to empty myself out of all these thoughts. So that's definitely an, uh, a step as you can do is stop and meditate, you know, try to, you know, still yourself and clear out your, your heart and mind. For some, that's going to be hard to do, especially if you're not used to it. And that's why some people go and they work out. Mm. They go and do something that takes their mind off of it. I honestly got to a place where I had to say, I don't care what else I lose. I need to lose this. I need to let go of this because if I don't, I'm going to become Miley Cyrus and I'm going to be a wrecking ball, rather, the song. I'm going to be a wrecking ball to everyone around me for the rest of the day if I don't let go of this rope. Mm. And why a lot of people don't let go is because they feel that there's nothing to catch them. And this is why I love God. This is why I love the relationship that I and we have with God because God says, I got you. You can let go now. No, 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 but this is so important, and I'm, I can see it becoming this, and what if it becomes that? And what if they do this to me? Or what if they think that about me? God said, why don't you just let go? Because you're just assuming and you don't see the truth. I can see the full picture. You're okay, just let go. No, 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 I gotta, I gotta climb this rope. I gotta get out of this thing myself. I gotta find my own way out of here. And they start striving and trying to pull themselves up the rope, and the rope's just tangling more and more into their body, and they cannot get free. And for some, the rope even wraps around their neck. That's how serious this thing is of the stuff that we're dealing with underneath. I'm so angry a lot of times, and even people that are close to me, and even myself, the time that I found myself in a position of suicide, because I knew who the culprit was. People blame all kinds of things. This person just needed to have someone that they could trust to get into that place that was locked. 
someone that they could journey with that wouldn't judge them for being gay, that wouldn't judge them for being uh, sensitive and erratic sexually and treat them like a criminal because they have some uh, a, a distorted sexual appetite, not realizing that they were sexually abused, and that's the reason why they have this outrageous sexual behavior. And we just say, no, that's a terrible person. They should be punished for that. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have consequences. I'm just saying I'm angry a lot at seeing the culprit. And the culprit is a heart that we've trusted and underestimated that is feeding us these fantasies and the encouraging fantasies, encouraging to do this stuff alone, to keep this from everybody. You don't need to tell anybody. No one's going to find out. These are all lies that do not come from God. They come from a, a broken, self-serving heart that is telling us it's okay to do what you want and to live this way. No one's going to be hurt. No one's going to know. That's a lie. So one step, letting someone know that you can trust. Sometimes the best person to let know is a stranger. And here at Conversations of the Heart, to many, we're probably a stranger. But you can email us. We'll mention that at the end. You can contact us on the Brad Cole on Instagram because, you know, we're available as best as we can be. You know, we all have busy lives, but we're available to, to be a place to vent these things out to, to talk about these conversations of the heart. Because I hate to see people dying alone with these things like people living miserable. I have lost everything so many times in my life and I'm still here because of God, because of what he showed me was true about my heart. And when I knew what was true, I could live in a place of true instead of a place of lie and despair and hopelessness that my heart was trying to tell me, you're not going to make it or just do it on your own. You'll just, just don't let anybody know, you'll be okay. It won't come back and bite you in the ass. Just keep going. You know, you'll be, you'll be so far behind you if, you if you just keep going. These were all lies. These were all lies of my heart. And I can sit here today and tell you, um, there's so many different things from my past that have come back and bit me. And there's some things that came back and tried to bite me, but because of God and grace and understanding of truth, I was able to walk right through those things, like literally walking right over some circumstances. And so definitely... The time of finding someone to confide these things to, uh, taking that time to distract yourself because it's better to lose that, that moment and move on to something else and then still come back to number one, tell somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, the Bible says don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of us have a hungry heart, but it feels undone. It feels like I still need pleasure. I still need satisfaction. I still need, I still need. And again, that meditation time, especially with God, can be so fulfilling. You know what I mean? It can be so, because you can literally be encouraged by him and he can literally reveal to you the truth that you need for that night to find peace and rest. Um, outside of that, for those who are not in a place of believing at all and maybe just outright struggling, you know what I mean? Uh, I honestly don't know what other, other options at this present time would be of, of help because it's like a cycle. As long as you keep thinking in these fantasy places of your mind and living there, I mean, constantly where you feel like, I don't actually want to be around anybody. I just want to kind of go off and do my own thing and live in my own fantasy. You know, I feel like being so self-consumed and self-centered is a fantasy. People think it's really living, but really you're just living on your own. Mm. 
And, you know, you're limiting yourself to really, truly living this life out the way that you could. And so the fantasy world is saying, if you can just control more in your life, you'll be happy. So everyone's like trying to like control every bit and piece of their life like a god. Let me control my whole entire life because then my life will look exactly how I imagined. Mm. And I'm just saying like that can lead to so much anxiety and so much striving and just still a greater emptiness. And for me, I mean, I just... I just chose Christ. Mm. I just said, God, you know what? I want you to be my fulfillment. I want you to be my guide. I want you to heal my heart so I can actually enjoy life no matter where I am, what I'm doing, or what's going on. If I can actually let you heal me up first, man, not only is that so much about going further through life, it's the quality of life, the abundance of life that you can have on a day-to-day basis when you're no longer given a flip about the things that don't matter, the things that are not even there, the things that your heart just is just trying to get you to fantasize about. You know what I mean? Like I, to me, that is that can be such a time wasted. Mm. Not I'm not talking about anything about performance and productivity, but it can influence performance and productivity where people are so hungry, they're so striving, they're so working hard at everything so much and they say it's because, you know, they want to get here and arrive there and to have this happiness, but really it's just a heart that is like dealing with some brokenness that's literally just screaming, I'm unsatisfied, I'm unsatisfied, I want more. I want things to be this way. And if it's not this way, I can have no peace, no happiness, no rest. Wonderful. I enjoyed listening to that, dude. Yeah, that was great. Word. And I felt like today it was just good for me to just kind of sit back and, you know, really listen and then kind of provoke a little more explanation on certain points that you hit today, which was great. I appreciate that a lot. Um, So for all our listeners, that was wrapping up the third segment on kind of this little series of believe, respond, and time. And and it all stems from the heart, which is what this podcast is about. And Brad mentioned it already, but um, just in case, if you want to write us or have any questions, you can always do that at myconversationsoftheheart at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Um, Brad is at the Brad Cole. Is that correct? Yes. And then um, mine is Klein Productions, but you can you can go to Brad's and and find me there as well. Um, but um, yeah, I think that I really enjoyed this series. You know, this was yeah. great. This was great. I learned so much. Word, you know? likewise, man. I mean, it's like a two- and Brad's so smart. He learned from listening to himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, not smart. Just been through quite enough. Yeah. Well, let's, um, why don't you close us out? Yeah. And then um, to all our listeners, thank you for listening. This has been um, a lot of fun for us to do, and we will be back with you soon. And I can't wait to see what, what we're going to talk about next. For sure, for sure. Uh, Father God, man, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for guiding us into this series and guiding us through. Um, I just ask right now as uh, as we talk with you in this moment that for those, whether believer or not, uh, that you would stir their hearts with this podcast, that you care. You care more than they thought. You care more than what their heart is telling them. You see them and you love them whether they can see it and feel it or not. You care, God. And I just want the listeners to know 
that not only do you care, but you want to do something about what they're experiencing on the inside. And for us, God, here at Conversations of the Heart, you know, we, we know that through prayer that you answer, that you meet us where we are in prayer. And so, God, I do want to put that out there as we're praying right now, that you would stir hope and faith into our listeners to keep talking to you, to keep praying to you, but to specifically ask you to reveal to them what's going on in their heart, to reveal to them the honest truth of what they're really thinking, what they're really feeling, where it's coming from, because you want to heal them and set them free of those things. And you can do that, God, if they're willing to ask. And so I ask God that you would just stir in their hearts the courage, that you would let them know there is absolutely no condemnation, guilt, or shame, that they are where they are, and that's okay, but you love them too much to leave them there. You want to rescue. You want to guide. You want to help them to be proactive, to deal with these things now that they tried to bury so that they can live now and live abundantly. We love you. We thank you for this podcast. And it's in your name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back soon.